Hi, I'm Sam. I'm Callum. I'm one of us since bored. This week we're discussing when the wind blows. An extraordinary book is about to come to life as an unforgettable motion picture. It's the story of Jim and Hilda. Hello, dear. Hello, love. Did you have a nice morning, dear? Oh, all right, thanks. Rather uneventful. <laughs> Two kind, well, simple people living on trust and Did hope. It take more than a few bombs to get me down. The Prime Minister, speaking a few minutes ago in the House of Commons, has warned that the international situation is deteriorating rapidly. Trumps! What's the matter, dear? Have you burned yourself? This is it, Ducks. This is really it. But now they're caught up in events which will change our world forever. Just you be careful, James. An enemy missile attack has been launched Oh, dear. I've left the oven on. Get in, get in, get in. The cake will be there. So long. Welcome to Apocalyptic April. Uh, we are here with the first of several apocalypse-themed films where the world's going to end in a multitude of different ways. Um, and uh, it's a, it's an, I don't even entirely know that it's a huge step forward from like whatever the fuck was. Well, I was about to call it Childhood Trauma Month. It was Fever Dream you Month, wasn't it? But like, Childhood Trauma Month. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, it is a step forward, I guess, but um, I, I I feel like it could be an extension in some ways. Maybe with this episode, it could at least. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting one this week. Uh, we're looking at When the Wind Blows, which was originally released in 1986. It's an animated disaster film based on the Raymond Briggs comic book of the same name. Now, in the UK, at least, I don't know if this is true anywhere else, but he, Raymond Briggs is most famous for having, uh, for his uh, creation, The Snowman, which I think, uh, I don't know if it was started out as an animation or if it was a book first and then became an animation, but it's, it's um, When the Wind Blows shows this, uh, features basically the same kind of style of animation in its character design. Um, and so you could tell it's a Raymond Briggs thing. Um, and the as a result, the tone in this is like, it's it's wild. It's such a contrast to the Snowman and Father Christmas and the other things that I associate Raymond Briggs with. Um, how did you first come into contact with this? When did you first come into contact with this? So unlike I think most people, like I think. For the kids of the 80s, this was actually like a trauma film they all remember, but we were introduced to it. I say we, me. I was introduced to it in high school. We were made to watch it when we were doing RE. So in Scottish high schools, don't this is everywhere, you have to do RE, which is a religious education. But in RE, you also have like the kind of social studies stuff. So you're looking at like, you know, uh, abortion and... Uh, capital punishment, all that, and you just kind of look at videos and stuff and try and figure out your own opinions of stuff. And this was for Hiroshima, I think. Mm. We were talking about how they like people hold a crane and how often it's like, well, it's weird because you kind of don't hear about it until they tell you about you know the nuclear bombs. Like it's mm -hmm. such a like kind of, I don't know. It's such a you have to introduce it to children at some point, I guess, because it's there, mm -hmm. ever present, ever looming threat. Uh, just fucking terrifying. But um. Yeah, that we were made to watch this film. We watched it more than once, I think. I watched it in school maybe four times. Mm -hmm. And every time <laughs> it was traumatic as fuck. It's not... So um, this is our like nuclear apocalypse film. 
as I've kind of hinted with Hiroshima. But um, it's not the worst one I've seen. This is kind of like a, it's. This was palatable because, mm-hmm. of, as you said, it's like Raymond Briggs, very cutesy animation, very mm-hmm. cutesy British twee humor, as we like here in this podcast. Have you ever watched Threads? I haven't watched it. I've I've um, seen this compared to Threads a lot in terms of just that level of, I guess, dread or yeah. horror that's kind of omnipresent throughout. Um, I know that Fred's is kind of up there as one of the most... I think it's the worst. Like yeah. The most traumatic. So I watched that one in uni, I think, through choice, because I was doing... Um, I can't remember. I wrote an essay on it, though. I do have an essay. I think it was like a British... Because these are both British productions, so they're kind of mm-hmm. unique in that way. I Today, actually, I was um, reminded of... Th- I, I totally forgot Threads existed, and then today I suddenly remembered it, and I watched some of it just to compare to this, and oh, my God. Like... <laughs> I thought this was bad. Threads is just so grim. There's just no hope at all. This one mm. was as a very clever critique of how the government can't save us from like these bombs, these sort of things, and how we shouldn't really pay much mind to what they're telling us to do because they're just kind of it's a placebo effect. Like it's it's kind of a critique of the couple, I guess, the kind of mindset of middle-aged people at that time. I guess they're, they're elderly now. You know, they're mm-hmm. kind of like reminiscing about World War Two and how, you know, bombs, shelters and the bombing was kind of romanticized. And it's like, no, guys, you mm-hmm. don't understand. This is not the same thing at all. Because mm-hmm. they had this idea of, you know, the keep calm and carry on. And if, if they bomb us, it'll be fine. You know, we can get through it. But yeah. they, it's really good because this kind of explained, I think this is probably, they told us about the bombs and we watched a kind of anime version of the bombs. But this, for me, is the, the best way to describe it to children. It's just mm-hmm. this unsurvivable thing really it's just something we want to avoid at all costs like none of this romanticizing oh it'll be fine you know just let them bomb and get over it it's like nah you don't get it (laughs) it's bad did you hear of this before um i decided we had to watch it no and i find that really like shocking you know like having watched it since it's, it's kind of shocking just because it seems like I mean, you obviously did see it in school, but it seems like the sort of thing I probably should have seen in school. Like we had, um, we had those RE classes, but ours were actually called RE MPS or something. I think it was um, moral, moral, religious, uh, something or other, philosophical studies. Yeah, yeah we, it was called that for us too, but I just shortened it. Um, fun fact: I'm the only person in my school who's ever failed RE. I passed and I didn't, I passed higher RE and I didn't revise for it at all. Like I passed higher RE with an A. Like I literally did not revise for it. I didn't do, I didn't, it's the mandatory RE I failed because Mm. I didn't do the project. I just didn't show up because in the last year of high school, I lost all bothers because I've got got my uni places. Yeah. You got your place and we're just like, right, well, what's the point? I was like, what's the point being here? Like, I don't need you. So I'm, I think I'm the only person (laughs) to ever fail the mandatory RE course. (laughs) because <laughs> it's really easy you just have to show up yeah it's not difficult and have an opinion and i have many of those so really it should have been a, a shoe in for me and yet you failed. And yeah, failed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so no i don't really have a history of this at all which i think is a shame because um it's the sort of thing that does or would raise a lot of really, really interesting conversations, especially like a school age level. I think there's a lot here for kids and teenagers to kind of dissect. Um, the one thing it probably has going against it now is is its age to a, to an extent. Um, it's sort of placed in a in a in a time in a context, I suppose, which is in the past and therefore surpassed somewhat. Like, I mean, I don't. How do I put this? kids today won't have memories of their grandparents necessarily telling them about the war some will but more than more more won't than will and so having a couple here reminiscing about being at war with hitler and stuff like it's a little bit dated in a literal dated sense not in a you know not in a palatable sense but like i would i would argue that's great because this kind of this is like a historical artifact they're, they're mocking a historical artifact. So basically the whole thing is making fun of this pamphlet the government gave out. It was a real pamphlet that gave you useless advice. Because realistically, if a bomb is dropped near your house, 
you don't really want to survive if i'm being honest i would say run out embrace it (laughs) embrace your death because surviving a nuclear blast when you're in the you know fallout zone not good Mm -hmm. um but i think it's really really good that it's like this is a cold war film like you know you can this is a piece of history that survived Mm -hmm. and we're getting a real look at the proper anxieties like the anxiety we have now is like kind of more nihilistic in a way like you know we're just like we're more like the sun in the film so he has a son in the film and these this little three couple's got a very different perspective than the son i'd say nowadays we're like ah what can we do you know um whereas i think this was useful at the time because there was a generation of people who didn't understand the importance of this not happening and they were just kind of embracing like they're like oh it'll be cool we can go to dances and it'll be dark and it's almost like i I was talking to my dentist about this today (laughs) um listener um and he was saying how we've almost rom- like it's not romanticized we will in the future romanticize the first lockdown because it was like oh we made banana bread it's so cute um and yeah we did get bored of it really quickly but you know those kind of first couple of months where where celebrities were singing imagine and we were like you know indoors and like going to the shops but like actual like supply runs were kind of like special in their own way despite it being grim mm in a way that I kind of imagine how people view the bombing. Yeah, I mean, I don't endorse the celebrities singing Imagine because I hate that song. Well, no, no but... one does. But I was just saying it's like it was part of the thing, wasn't it? I mean, that was cringy it's as like, fuck. Who, who the fuck asked you for your take? No, it's like people. two days in as well to a two-year lockdown, and they're like, "Imagine!" It's, it's like, I, "No." I know, I know what will get me attention. I mean, raise everyone's spirits. Yeah. Like, no, no, no we were joking about it. Like that's part of the. You know, it's just funny that we were all so, oh, this is so unique. We're all indoors. Oh, we'll get through this together, you know. But then it's like two years in, you're like, fuck me, I'm very over this, you know. So I, I know for a fact as well that the romanticized idea that, like, you know, the whole of the UK pulled together during, like, World War Two and stuff. There's an element of that that's true. But there were an equal number of people that didn't give a fuck, kind of like COVID this time. Like you've we the entirety of lockdown. I mean, obviously, as it's gone on, the number of people with that kind of attitude has increased. But even right at the start, when they were when they were initially locking down back in March 2020, you had people that were like, "Oh well, I'm still gonna go anyway, and I'm still I'm not gonna, you know, wear a face covering on the bus, and I don't go." What this film does really well, or possibly one of the choices it's made really well here, is the fact that it is an older couple, um, and contrasting what i was saying about it maybe being a little bit dated um a lot of the political figures they reference throughout this so you've got hitler and you've got um churchill and even people today like one of the common critiques of politicians today is that like we don't really have a character who was a decision maker in the same way that churchill was and it's not like a oh i like his policies or i don't like his policies it's a like he was a decision maker you can't really say that about any of the current figureheads we have at the moment. Um, I think in order to be a decision maker in that way, you have to be kind of divisive. And a lot of them, whether or not they would admit it, kind of want to be liked and therefore aren't willing to make any really, really drastic decisions. So when you have older people looking back at this kind of time frame, they're able to do so and refer to their leaders as people of authority as people who can be trusted and as people who know what they're talking about now these two in this film it's implied multiple times throughout that you know they're very very well-meaning but they aren't politically motivated at all so to the extent that they don't actually know who's in charge of the country um there's one point throughout this where jim the the husband still thinks it's churchill in charge and she's just like, no, that was 40 years ago. He's dead right now. <laughs> um, so they still have this World War II frame of mind of, oh, our leaders are competent and can be trusted. And the reality is that no, they aren't. And no, they can't. Um, and that's and that's where, that's where the sun comes in, in the sense that he is... It's. I think it trivializes it to say he's nihilistic, but like he's he's well aware of what like the leaders are and aren't, and the value of the you know the pamphlets that have been sent out. So I don't necessarily think, or or lack thereof rather. So I don't necessarily think it's that these two are just 
totally ignorant in a bad sense. I think it's more that they have a context from the past that like their son and possibly viewers today don't have. But we also believe help's coming, you know, when it's just so yeah. clear that there's no way, there's no way help's coming anywhere, anytime soon, like at all. Like mm-hmm. they just have this kind of steadfast belief. But I guess you would need to have that anyway. I think you'd need to tell yourself that even if you didn't believe it because otherwise it's just you'd be you know you'd be in that sack a lot sooner just they're very um i guess it's it's the as you say it's to keep themselves going but they, they don't they refuse to sort of believe their eyes a lot of the time um so okay the living room's been blown apart as a result of the 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 blast um but it's fine. We'll just go outside and we'll go get some cabbages. Oh, well, the, the the cabbages aren't growing. There's no leaves on the tree. I suppose they'll come around when spring comes. Oh, well, it is spring. Oh, mm-hmm. well, let's just, you know. And it's just constant attempts at explaining. Stuff that they just can't. What's happening, but they can't process it. So I suppose yeah. you could argue it's a kind of, well, shell shock. Or you could argue that, I, I guess in some instances... You could just argue, again, just going back to ignorance, they don't know what a nuclear blast is. Um, so when they're told, right, you've like missiles incoming, you've got three minutes, and Hilda's like, oh, right, I'm going to go get the washing in. And he's just like, no, get in the shelter. And she's just like, no, I need to turn the oven off. And it's just all of this sort of, they don't know what's about to happen. They literally do not know what it is that they're about to get caught up in. But I love that because it's so real. Like that's the thing. Like there's all these films where people kind of know how to react to it, and it's like you were getting pamphlets saying to like the pamphlets. Honest to God, said to them, "Lie on the floor and cover your face if you're out in the street." Mm-hmm. The fuck's that gonna do? Nothing. That's it. You're, and it's it's funny because they are actually like compared to us, they should really be more in the know than us because they were actually alive when one went off mm-hmm. beforehand, whereas we've never seen the real i mean we've seen like nuclear meltdowns i guess like you know we didn't see Chernobyl, did we we saw, uh, we saw one in japan no. though after the tsunami yeah and how fucking you know and we know the effects better now but they actually like well at least heard of the destruction i I'd, I would be curious to know how covered up it was at the time you know the bombing on hiroshima and nagasaki the two bombs mm-hmm because it's just strange to me that they just have no idea the level of devastation. But then I guess they're also more used to the normal bombs. Like, they experience those. See, I I, I think that's an example of, like, their ignorance, as it were, as opposed to anything else. Like, I think they don't know enough, because partially because they've not looked into it. But the, the advice is, like, do you know what frustrates me? I actually remember this part. I'm sure I said it to you at the time. They had a basement. And instead, they took a door off and made like a slanty shelter because they were told to. But it's like you have a fucking basement. Like they lack common sense. But again, it's because he just he does believe that like they know what they're doing. I I think I was thinking about this earlier when I watched this. The, their shelter isn't what protects them. That's like incidental. But they're they're just enough outside of the blast zone that their house isn't completely destroyed. But they're within enough of the zone to to get like the brunt of the fallout afterwards the sad thing here is had they just got blown away they'd be dead and couldn't have fixed anything but had they been totally out of the blast zone and and the fallout zone they probably would have thought well you know at least we did everything that we could have done in order to try and prevent protect ourselves unfortunately because they were in the fallout zone there's probably this attitude that you know oh our shelter saved us from the worst of the bomb so mm-hmm. despite the fact it clearly didn't, the fact that they're still alive after that point is almost proof that the pamphlet was correct as yeah. far as their as perspective far as think, goes. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's not <laughs> it's not wonderful, really. Because if anything, that would put more trust into the leaders and leadership generally speaking. And I think in times like that, because no one knows, you know, where you're going to be and what's going to happen whenever, you know an incoming strike happens it's very very hard to give any kind of advice and frankly a lot of the time you know you're better off doing whatever you think should be best whether that's as you say embracing death as it comes or leaving several weeks in advance or whatever options are available to you just head for the hills yeah um yeah there's yeah 
it's um I think we know in hindsight they gave these pamphlets out just trying to calm people down. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think they're also based off videos, uh, which were never released. I think they weren't released at the time because it never got to the point where we had to release them. Is how mm-hmm. they describe it. Um, but God, if they had, <laughs> if they mm-hmm. had the trauma, <laughs> the trauma the children would have faced. Like you know, it's funny actually. I'm sure I've told you this, but my dad, uh, my grand. Granddad, I can see this now, uh, worked on Faz Lane. He's now retired, so I can see all this. Um, and they were always told growing up when he was a kid who lived, and he lived next to the nuclear submarines, like, if, if there's ever, like, an alarm saying we're being nuked, you guys have, like, four minutes to live tops. Mm. Just so you know. And I think that would just be really horrible to live with as a child. Like, I'm anxious as it is all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. But living with that would just be hellish. And while I appreciate this film... For what it shows and the kind of piece of history it lives in and like kind of a, a realistic a weirdly realistic depiction of like what would happen to you if you mm-hmm. were to be it's fucking haunting <laughs> it really kind of is um i didn't expect them to they weather so quickly and it's so visual such a like they're, they're dying in front of you and that's yeah. half the film so it's something that kind of sticks with you for a while that being said, I'm spoiler, I would recommend watching it just for the it's just really interesting to watch as a kind of piece of history. What do you Yeah. Think? I mean It is interesting as a piece of history, you're right. I think what I struggled with for this was I mean I'm very much in two minds. So the characters themselves, I kind of like them. And I also kind of find them really frustrating. And it's this combination of not really being sure what it is they're talking about, but push, like this this unflappable determination to push on regardless. And on the one hand is quite admirable. And then on the other hand, is real. I find it really aggravating, um, Especially because they're not actually making things any better for themselves, and I suppose you argue, you can you could argue, well, they can't make things any better for themselves. What else would you rather they do? And to that, I don't really have an answer. But it's this kind of I don't know. The funny thing is, as well, like the way they talk about things is how loads of people talk about the news. Like they get a rough idea of what's going on and then kind of repeat a, a poorly articulated version of it with some errors in it. And that's, you know, their take on things. Um, and that is Jim and Hilda. Yeah, it's, it's really realistic. That's why I like it. Like, it's not like they're pretending to be scientists and they know it's such a unique perspective. Um, one of the other things I really like about this, though, is the actual the animation style. So you've got animated characters and some animated objects but a lot of the settings and a lot of a lot of the scenery are sort of stop motion type things so like the cushions on the sofa uh the house itself the interior the the rooms there's some really cool transitions um just with the camera moving around this thing and then you have these animated characters walking walking throughout which i wasn't really aware of the first time I watched it and I picked up more of the second time um, but it looks really cool and it gives it this very eerie kind of uncanny valley kind of feel it's I suppose eerie, isn't it? like, it's like, yeah it's kind of like the Willy Wonka tunnel away in some points and then you have like the real life sky like so when they're outside you have like a recording of the actual sky yeah um yeah it makes it kind of like there's parts where um, they're interacting with like their environment and the frame rate for the stop motion seems to be different for the animation yeah and while some people pointed that it was a negative i think it's really good i think it just kind of makes it really cool stylistically to look at uh, and makes it more surreal because it is surreal i mean yeah, for all that we talk yeah. about like nooks it's like oh, i can't imagine i can't imagine it yeah well i i think i think it being presented in a surrealist way is kind of important because the uk's never experienced a nuclear bomb on our soil at least so this is a fiction at least in terms of this sort of thing happening in the uk so i think it being surrealist in that way it works really really well for it i'd rather they did that than try to make it really graphic and realistic in other ways like i mean it is realistic in the ways that their deaths are kind of slow and um drawn out but i'd rather that 
than you know like a fleshy burny kind of like cop coughing up blood constantly type thing like at least it's kind of got some dark humor to it for out as opposed to <laughs> if, a, if a nuclear attack were actually to take place there wouldn't really be any humor to be found so no. well threads is like that if you want that you you've got threads which is another british bbc production um it's grim enough for anyone honestly um i i would advise threads as a thing you'd only watch once um mm-hmm. which is why it's actually not the one i chose for us because I, I actually don't want to see that again i'm glad i watched it but i have no interest in ever watching threads again i'll need to see it at some you, point you do you should give me your thoughts on it um it's really interesting actually because at one point one of the characters has a kid and because there's no schools the kids all end up speaking in really broken english mm-hmm. um and then the kids they have are all really de- aren't even like they're, they're deformed so they're not yeah. children um it's just it's not a nice watch though uh, it's very very realistic to what a, it's almost like a documentary mm. in a way um wouldn't watch it again whereas this one because of the dark humor as you said and like the, the characters are quite cute and the drawing's cute you know it's raymond briggs mm-hmm. it's way more palatable um that you can rewatch this one it's you know it's still sad how it ends but it's yeah. important how it ends because if they survived in the end it wouldn't be a good warning against nuclear war no which is the whole point just um just before we go into the plot as well um it's worth talking about the soundtrack briefly um david bowie uh has a song on this uh when the wind blows funnily enough um and that kind of continues his i don't know if it's his relationship with raymond briggs but at the very least it's his relationship with like the raymond briggs animation team because uh, he was also involved with the snowman as well. Oh, was he? Uh, yes. So there's a there's a couple of different versions of it, but in the, I believe I'm correct in saying that cha- there's a Channel Four version where like David Bowie did um, an introduction to the to the snowman. So it's a, like a live action introduction of him out in the um, in the snow, um, and just does a little narration for it. So he's been involved with other animations for 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 him or for for the team previously, which is possibly how they were able to get him involved. Yeah, David Bowie was on the re-released version of the Snowman. I like that. I like when you know British stuff's cool when people collaborate and they're from the UK. It's just nice to have some stuff that we can claim as our own and not you know America. Yeah, yeah, it to- it totally is. Um, so yeah. That was worth. I thought that was worth it. I mentioned the the song itself. I don't actually think it's anything that special, but like it's undeniably him. I remember it though. That's the thing. Like, see, um, before I remembered the basic what they look like and that they die in the end. The sound, the the, the song really does kind of stick with you. It's part of it. I I would say there's kind of a weird like. So the beginning part is like in it's real life footage well i say real life footage you know it's like footage of real people and tanks and stuff and the bomb. archive footage yeah yeah i think it's like made up archive footage though some of it some of it probably yeah I mean, you know like well, that, of, of the nook and stuff that's not what yeah. it looks like it's what we imagine it looks like but um yeah so it, it starts off with that it has his sing song and then you go into the animation part mm-hmm. so it's a bit strange to jump into it's almost like you you turned on the wrong thing to start with because really like, i thought this was a twee animated Car- film i thought it was a cartoon and it's like people. <laughs> but uh yeah so with that mentions then uh the film features or focuses on rather jim and hilder blogs and they're a retired couple who have a little house out in the middle of nowhere and um, it's uh, mentioned throughout the film that this they live there intentionally because that's where Hilda wanted to live. And Jim had said to her, you know, you're going to regret this eventually. And she insisted, no, no, I want to be out. It's Sussex, apparently, which is funny because that's where Threads is um, set. Oh, interesting. Is that a th- known thing that Sussex was meant to be where? I couldn't say. I don't know. Well, yeah, uh, I think it must be a military thing. It was just like, if you live in Sussex, you're fucked. <laughs> we can out. Yeah. Sussex and Sheffield. I guess so. Um, Jim, on a regular basis, seems to travel to the town to read newspapers. 
which allows him to somewhat keep uh, aware of different international politics taking place. Um, so the one that this film's f- focusing on specifically is the Soviet-Afghan War. The Cold War, yeah. And he frequently misunderstands the specifics, although he is aware that things are moving towards an all-out nuclear war. Makes sense. I mean, that's what most people, I think, of the 80s kind of had. Like, they just knew shit missiles, but you don't really understand the politics of what's happening. I, I mean, that's probably true now as well. I was just... Yeah... I was just going to say, I feel like there's probably some truth to that with the current Russia and Ukraine situation. I think a lot of people could see it was going that way, but probably couldn't tell you why exactly. Um, I think that's fair. And again, it's not like everyone needs to know everything about everything. But I do think, I I think there's a lot of power in just saying, I don't know, or even Mm -hmm. keeping your mouth shut about certain things. And in this film, I suppose in their defense... It's not like he's going up on some, you know, parapet and like preaching to loads and loads of people. He's just talking to his wife for the most part. So like they can get things wrong with each other and that's fine. Um, It would be totally different if, you know, this was set in current year and Jim had like fucking 50,000 Twitter followers and he was saying the things he's saying. (laughs) Well, just do the proper thing. No crumbs. Yeah, exactly. Um... So, the the gym the gym comes home from the library uh, on the bus, and it's one of the rare moments in the film that we actually see any other people, um, and we only see them briefly as people on the bus itself. Um, but it's a nice little sort of indication of how isolated their little home is out in the the middle of nowhere. Because even the bus isn't packed; there's just a couple of our people on it. Um, so Jim gets out, goes home, and they're a very cutesy couple. Um, they're just like calling each other dear and kissing each other on the cheek when they arrive, and just like they're having like a very cute 1980s dinner. It's like chips and sausages or something like that. It's like very, very twee. Um, and you kind of wonder, you know, what the fuck's Hilda doing with her whole day? Is she just like making chips? She's and- just making cakes and chips. She's just planning dinners and cleaning the house. She's very um, stereotypy. She's very cute. She's just very self-involved. Like that's the thing. I think she's a really good. Like they're good contrast to each other because she he kind of tries to care and try to be like a kind of authoritative voice. Where yeah. she just even when the bomb hits, <laughs> she's still thinking about her cakes. Yeah, yeah, she is. She doesn't care at all. And- she has no idea. She has no. Like, she's way more oblivious than him, I think, in many ways. And in different ways, they're both oblivious. But um, she's just very single-minded. Probably in denial as well. Like, you don't, yeah. like, I don't know. It's, it's not nice to think about. So I understand it. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like, when, for example, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but when the bombs start to come down, well, the, the, when the bombs start, when the bomb comes yeah. down... She's more concerned that he's called her a stupid bitch than the fact that they're about to get, like, annihilated in the next couple of seconds if they don't duck and cover. Well, as far as um, they yeah, see it, Yeah, yeah, that's what they think, yeah. Like, and she's like, how dare you call me that? And, like, even, I'm with him at that point. I'm like, fucking move! Like, like I, I don't... Why are you arguing with him? Like, yeah. why? Like, just... Oh, she that, just that doesn't bit. get it. But that's, that's... I know it's frustrating, but it's so good. It's such a good part of it. If they both just kind of hurried into the shelter, it's like, no, it's, that's, this is exactly what would happen. People would be like, oh, I need to quickly turn off, you know... Like, I need to go turn off uh, the, the oven first. Hmm. It's like, no, the bomb's not going to wait for you to do that. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna just run for a pee. It's like, nah, I wouldn't do that either. <laughs> oh, my washing's still out in the gardens. Like, don't get in the fucking. Piss Someone actually shower. said I, I watched um, a review of this, mm-hmm. and a guy said it's very out of character. And I'm like, no, it's exactly how you'd react if you were like a twee old man. Like, you're not gonna like, because he's he tries his best not to swear, and they're all very cute with each other. But see, when you're panicked, like you're. Yeah. You're not thinking, you know, I need to be nice to my wife. You're thinking, get the silly cow into the into the shower. Yeah, you know? it is. It's a survival thing. It's um, just panic and. And she doesn't have that survival instinct. No. The, I mean, the they, I think obviously had they not built the shelter, they probably would have survived anyway. Although having said that, like if she'd have been out getting the washing at the time anyway, yeah. maybe not. But like, but 
realistically, they both they both would have had a chance of at least surviving the initial blast, regardless. Anyway, but he has more of this cautious survival streak in him, and and we know this basically from the sense that he went through and actually tried to build a shelter anyway, and he's been taking it very seriously. He painted the windows white, yeah. Whereas yeah. she's shown even. Like, she thought her bomb shelter was like a fucking garden shed. Like, she went out to get a cat. We actually see that as a flashback. Like, it's lucky mm-hmm. she survived that war. Yeah, to be honest. And again, she was a kid during it. So, like, it was it would have been her parents doing all the preparations and stuff, and she just sees it as a oh, a big faff. It'll blow over. Um, she's like, it was very romantic. You know, it was dark. We were cuddling. It's like, mm. Yeah. Yeah, totally just a different total different recollection she sees it's kind of like a holiday almost like she kind of want like not that she wants it to happen but she, she wants that feeling mm-hmm. she wants that you know yeah romanticized version of world war Two, where it's just men and women getting together in bunkers and you know it's all very you know sexy almost in a way the whole thing so she's seeing him panicking is kind of like ridiculous she's like oh we've been through this before what are you doing yeah i think as well like i mean i don't we don't know where they were as kids necessarily but there were loads of there were a lot of parts of the UK that weren't bombed, and obviously when children were evacuated from London, they were sent out into the countryside because they were less likely to be attacked there. So I think it's safe to assume if she grew up in the countryside, she would never have experienced firsthand the bombs anyway. So her her like not only does she have the cozy or oh, we're huddled up somewhere safe type mentality, she never actually had to experience the fear anyway. So it's like a very very. Very, well, for her, it'll just be a, a, like a two-year holiday, abroad, yeah, in the country. Yeah, she said. Like, very, oh, very cool. idealized version of what war was like, I guess. But um, Jim's horrified that the news report on the radio states that war may only be three days away, and so he starts preparing for the worst, <laughs> as instructed by his government issued to protect and survive pamphlets. Now, Hilda just does not have a fuck to spare. <laughs> And so she just continues doing whatever she needs to do, putting out the washing, doing the cleaning, making the dinner, just zero fuck spare to for his shenanigans. But she is a little bit pissed about the way he's going about things. So she's like, make sure you don't scratch the walls when you're taking the doors off and you're not taking my good cushions into the shelter with you and you better not put on that new shirt that I got you for Christmas. You're going to use an old one for the bomb. Like her, her all of her priorities are very mismatched and again you can you can link it with her not knowing what's about to happen or not being aware about what a nuclear bomb is or not caring specifically like you can add any element of the or any number of those elements to this and they're all kind of true yeah she reflects them all like yeah you know different variants of the same thing yeah um their son ron we don't know where he lives although it's fairly safe to assume that he probably lives in london yeah he's in a city somewhere so he's yeah um he so wikipedia suggests it's it's implied he's fallen into fatalistic despair i didn't see it so much as like a despair i i saw it kind of like as a well we'll see what happens like i don't necessarily think that that's fatalistic necessarily i I think it's it's uh, kind of like it's actually what many people therapists like to do now like if, if you're anxious about something is it something you can change no well there's no point worrying about it. It's either yeah. going to happen or it's not. Which I think is fair. Like, what are you yeah. going to do? Yeah. Like, if you live in this city, what are you going to do? Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, it's very the city, hard. by city, I mean London. If you live in London, that's probably the worst place. Like, you can't even, like, there's, I know there's, like, many routes out, but, like, if everyone's going at once, the amount of people in there. London's so big and it's so hard to traverse as well. Like, yeah. yeah realistically your best bet in london would be the underground just to hide out in which is obviously what they did during the war um but yeah getting out of london's a fucking nightmare so good luck with that yeah like like, i know he's like his uh jim's like frustrated that ron's like not following the government pamphlet but as we said earlier ron's probably a bit more skeptical about the government pamphlet because it was clearly bullshit and He's probably if he if he's in London as well. He's probably more switched on about who the current leaders are yeah. and what's going on as well. So, you know, um, it is what it is. But I we f- can't I've- trust them to sort this, so we're a bit fucked. Like, yeah, we we can project loads of stuff onto Ron, which is may or may not be implied. But regardless, he isn't interested in 
doing the instructions anyway. <laughs> so Jim instead is left to just build his shelter himself. Uh, Ron suggests he goes and buys a protractor at the local store because, you know, apparently it needs to be built at a 60 degree angle and he's just like, oh, I've not done angles since school and it's just all very, taking it very, very serious and literally and it's just big, big faff. Um, I like that he constantly calls the the shelter that they're they're building the inner core or refuge. Yeah. Like, it's... Um, like literally like that yeah <laughs> it's one of those things and um yeah you know he just calls it as both as very literal man is Jim. yeah the inner core or refuge it's like oh you have a basement <laughs> come on like that's such a bad oh. pamphlet see if, see if they'd been in the basement they might have had a shot you know if if they'd have stayed down there yeah yeah if they'd have been in and stayed down there and, and not... then went out for a cup of tea the next day they would have been dead but you know if they'd stayed yeah. down there for a while yeah, like that's it. Like their their shelter, so their shelter is basically just doors, which has been leaned and nailed down against the against one of their living room walls. But it doesn't have any ends, so both ends are open to the to the to the rest of the room anyway. So the shelter just protects from literal stuff that would come down on top of you. But even then, like not really. <laughs> so it's, it's it's nothing basically. It doesn't do it doesn't do fuck all is the point I'm trying to make. Um, but Jim tries to go to a shopping trip for food supplies and is unable to get any bread due to panic purchasing, which has been going on. And they're very, the pair of them are very blasé about the whole thing. They just kind of accept it. They're just like, oh, well, I guess there's loads of people trying to buy stuff and oh well, I'll try again tomorrow. And that's kind of their attitude throughout this, actually. When, when I, I not to jump ahead again, but like when the bomb actually hits and all of the electronics are suddenly not working. They're just like, well, you know, maybe the radio's not working, maybe the TV will work. Hmm, that's not working either. Well, let's just wait for the paper. It's a bit late today, but maybe it'll arrive soon. Like, they're very, like, they refuse to, I don't know, panic, which I guess is kind of, again, admirable in some ways, but they're just very, yeah. like... They were told to keep calm and carry on, so they did. They were, basically, yeah. That's the tagline. <laughs> uh, that's our tagline yeah remind me of that <laughs> i try uh, um so despite uh no so it basically he continues to go through with the really seemingly strange instructions such as painting the windows white paint and recycling sacks to lie down on when you know the white paint would work if he'd used like they don't imply if he uses lead paint or not like, it matters what type of white paint you're using. He's just going by that, oh, I guess this will do. But it's like, there's some things in there which, depending on of, how close yeah. you are, could make a small difference. Not enough that I'd be like, ah, oh, you know, this could save your life. But enough that it's like, oh, you know, if you're on the cusp, that could maybe yeah, make it a bit easier for you to live. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't, I mean, he's got three days, to be yeah. fair. Like, what's he meant to do? Yeah, well, <laughs> get as far away as possible rather than building. Well, if they're yeah. in a countryside, I would assume you'd probably be okay as well. To be fair. Yeah, generally speaking, you would think possibly. Um, but yeah, despite Jim's concerns, the pair of them are confident that they will survive the war just as they did in World War Two in their childhoods, and that the Soviet defeat will ensue. So later on, they hear uh, on the radio. Uh, uh, basically that the the bomb was coming and they have to get into their shelter and this is when he calls her a stupid bitch and she takes a front to that um but he manages to get her in just in time as distant shockwaves start to batter their home and so at this point we see a windmill get destroyed in the distance uh, that's actually one thing at the start of this film we see like very picturesque scenes so there is like a mill a windmill on a hill and there's like a little bush route and there's all these little cute cutesy kind of locations and at this point we see them all destroyed so um it's very cool though it's like kind of almost wizard of oz tornado-y in a way yeah that's how it, i would describe it it is but their reactions again to this thing are very odd like i think he just says blimey or something like that and um that's <laughs> as good a reaction as any to be fair i don't know why i'd say like fuck me like that's Fucking normal hell. yeah <laughs> Oh, well, uh, Jesus Christ! It's yeah, not blimey. I don't think that's 
my first word, but... He's already used his one bitch of the day. He can't do it more than once. I know, I guess so. That would be overkill. Yeah. Well, yeah. So they the, the plan is that they'll remain in a shelter for a couple of nights. And obviously, while making this shelter... Hilda's like protested the entire time. She's just like, well, I will be going to the toilet upstairs regardless. And um, oh, because he's this... made her a little, he's made her a cat cat box, a litter tray. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, cat box. Yeah, cat box. He made her a little tray, litter tray to to wash dishes in and to piss in. And she's just like, I don't see why I can't go to my kitchen and to use a nice clean tea towel to dry up with. And like that frustrates me because at this point the bomb's already hit and the kitchen's basically fucking vanished. And she's just like, why can't I just go and use the sink? It's like, why do you think? Well, they don't understand, like they get a bomb hit, but they don't understand about, you know, the nuclear, Mm. you know, the radiation sickness, sorry. They don't understand that that's a threat. It's a big thing. Like they were not, (laughs) I don't think the pamphlet warned that the pamphlet just warned against the initial blast, but didn't tell you about the radiation effects. Well, I I wonder as well, like, I don't know if these pamphlets are even for the current war. I wonder if these are pamphlets from when, like, from the original, like, World War II. No, no, they were made for, they were made for this. Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah. Um, Because based on it, like, there's a film set to go with it. Um, But yeah, no, the pamphlets were based specifically on how to survive a nuclear war, but they never mentioned radiation. (sighs) Oh, well. Because it's more, it's not like the pamphlets were actually meant to help. The pamphlets were meant to stop panic. Yeah. They're meant to give you the illusion that you could survive this. Yeah. And the help's going to come, but, when, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? It's, it's not good. Yeah. Um, they um, they did survive anyway, possibly poorly for them, unfortunately. Um, but basically, all of their electronics have been destroyed. A lot of their windows have been destroyed. All of their possessions have been scattered across, like, the rooms that remain standing, at least. Um, and so they stay in the shelter for a couple of nights, but when they eventually emerge, they do find everything's just been completely wrecked. Um, and as a result of wandering around, they start, well, not even wandering around, just as a result of being exposed, they start to get sick over the course of the next few days. They get as well, so they start, they they just totally forget. So I think this is an effect of radiation that shows that you do get a bit sillier. So he immediately forgets he goes from oh we must stay in our inner refuge or whatever the fuck it is mm-hmm. um and he starts like wandering off to make a cup of tea as well when mm-hmm. he was so steadfast you can kind of see them immediately getting affected by it and they kind of they say it's like oh you know shell shock but it's like nah mm-hmm. your your mm-hmm. blood cells are now not replicating anymore <laughs> your white blood cells are now just you know that's yeah. it mutated you're fucked yeah but Ron and Beryl, we don't hear from them again, although it's heavily implied that they're dead at this point as well. Um, and in spite of all of this, they try their absolute best to keep calm and carry on. Um, they have a camping stove, they've got bottles of water, and they just try to make the best of it. And to an extent, they do all right for a little while. Um, they're able to make a cup of tea. Um they are fairly optimistic that help will come eventually um naively so but still they have the faith um they just every little every little kind of opportunity for reality to smack them in the face they kind of justify it as being something else so when they step out into the garden and the sun has been blocked out by radioactive ash and heavy fog they're just like, oh well, when spring comes, the, the leaves will return. It's just yeah. like, wow. Well, That's well. very human, though, isn't it? Like, even like when small yeah. things happen to me in my daily life, I just try and go, well, it'll probably be fine. Because, I mean, what else can you do? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, they are oblivious to the dead animals, and uh, a few of the remaining animals suffering from radiation. Uh, except of course uh, they're not oblivious to the rat which appears in the toilet um, <laughs> yeah, well. and causes Hilda to shit herself although not in the toilet just generally speaking and the destroyed buildings of the nearby town they aren't aware of these at all mostly because they don't really leave anywhere near their house um, but they do they do kind of wish oh I wish we had a neighbour or someone to talk to so that we could you know ask do you know what's going on yeah or, what's happening yeah um, 
It's funny because I'd say at this point, it's really sweet because what's his name? Oh, I forgot his name. Jim. Jim. Jim, like, clearly just fucking adores his wife. And, like, mm-hmm. it's just really sweet how much he wants her to not panic. Mm. But I think she, in many ways, is a lot more aware of their condition than he is. Like, he's very much in denial, where she's like, I'm shitting blood. This is bad. Yeah. Um, my gums are bleeding. I it's look like, like a zombie. <laughs> it's like, oh, hemorrhoids are, are common in people of our age. And ill fitting dentures for bleeding yeah, gums. Yeah. Or whatever else. It's just like, there's always some excuse for, for whatever is going on. <laughs> she's just like, oh, there's blotches on my legs. And he's like, oh, they're they're called various veins. She's like, no. <laughs> oh, girl. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's nice that he tries, but... It's, it's very sad to watch them both kind of is. sink into death. Like, they are, and, like, withering. I, f- I think that's possibly the turning point at this, where it goes from being, you know, a black a black comedy to something much more sad than that Mm -hmm. because it is quite dark that you know we're watching them this couple prepare for a nuclear blast and we know that their shelter is going to do fuck all for it but we watch them kind of good humoredly and then it happens and then watching them deteriorate after and watching them not really be sure why it is it's really sad Mm. and you kind of think you know as there are some terrible characters in some films and you think god like you you kind of deserve something bad to happen to you and these characters are not examples of that like they really don't deserve this there's a nice normal little couple they're very sweet but then most people most people don't deserve this to happen to them either so it's like yeah it's fitting that it does happen to them because that's the emotional impact of the whole thing but it is a hard watch, um, especially as they start to get dehydrated as well, and you know th- their bodies just start shutting down, and they start getting more and more gaunt looking. So. Yeah, Jim eventually starts to worry that the mich- the Russian military is going to come and attack the house, and they start having. I wondered if um, I mean it's obviously in his head, but I think it's kind of like a. It's, it's not an imaginary thing. I, I wondered if it was like a hallucination type thing because he mm-hmm. gets very carried away with his visions of the things he's describing, like whether it's whether it's Churchill or whether it's a random soldier battering the house in or... Yeah, I think he's it... been affected by the blast like more in the, the head than she has. Yeah. I think she's kept her wits about her more than him and I, I don't know if it just affects people differently. Yeah. Which is why she's more aware of what's happening. So maybe it's kind yeah. of kind that he doesn't, but yeah, he does this weird hallucination scene. Yeah. And we get to suffer through it with him. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah. So the Russian military obviously never arrives because they too are wiped out by the nuclear yeah, war. Yeah, mutually assured destruction, so. Yeah. Um, Hilda, Hilda's symptoms get worse, and that's when she finds the rat in the toilet, which scares her. Uh she's uh as we say she's got bloody diarrhea bleeding gums and she this point becomes more and more suspicious of what's actually happening and even though jim tries to comfort her like it's just it's one thing after another up into the point where her hair starts falling out and she's vomiting and she's got the lesions on her legs and it's just they kind of get to the point where they're not they're almost unable to comprehend it or really deny it but he's still trying to be there for her which is kind of admirable although i to be honest i feel like in a situation where you're fucked there's almost nothing more annoying than someone who's trying to like rationalize things or make them better with words it's just like you know what just fucking sometimes it's like i don't know i don't know it depends some people need different things i think i would rather have someone up to my last moment on this just saying ah you might be okay for me i would rather have someone just i i I know i'm fucked i'd just rather have someone else be optimistic and let them try and like see i don't like being bullshitted so i wouldn't say it's bullshit i would just say it's like what else can you do like i don't know it's not malicious bullshit and i'm totally fine with accepting if someone says it's not that bad sometimes that's nice that's what you need to hear because you're gonna die i'd rather be happier when i'm gonna die 
See, I don't know, because I think it's cruel to tell someone everything's okay when you... Well, I mean, I don't know if... I, I think he are... does believe it's going to be okay, though. Yeah, I think he well, just can't picture yeah. a world where it's like where she's going to die, you know? Yeah. I think it's nice of her to not... Like, she's not bullshitting him. She's just staying quiet. Yeah. And then suggests they go die in their paper sacks. <laughs> yeah. And then they do a, a sad pray thing. They start praying. Yeah. She, so she's very... I think that's when he realises when they start doing the prayer. Yeah. So yeah. We don't actually see them die in the end, listener. We, we it, it, They die. Like, there's no way they don't. Yeah. Like, it's just... It has to... Ha- that has to be where it goes. Um, And yeah, they, they pray a bit of a mumbly prayer. And that's kind of it, really. Um, Like, the sun starts to rise above the gloom at the end, but... There's nothing really more happens of it. And that's the end of that very sad, very... Apparently in the credits, a Morse code signal taps out M-E-D. Yeah. I don't know Morse code though, so... No, I don't don't either. Um, So, yeah, it's very, it's very sad and it's very, it's very full of just, I don't know. It does have its little funny moments, like for our, like I I shared this to my Instagram story during the week. The um, the letter that Hilda suggested that they write to the head of the Russian military, being like, "Dear Mister Briggs, please, or not Mister Briggs, dear Jr, please don't bomb us. Like we would we would very much appreciate it if you would stop bombing us. We do not like this threat. Yours sincerely, <laughs> Mister and Mrs. Blogs." And he's just like, oh, that's a good letter, but I think he'll miss the post to get it sent. It's just like, right, they're very cute together. They are. But again, very naive and very in their own world. And <sighs> yeah, it's a sad film, really. Like, it's, it's funny, but it's sad. Um, and it's not fun. Like, it's not a fun watch for no. all, all things considered. But... I think it's one that's worth experiencing. At if least you're once. A- if you're able to do so, because it is a little bit hard to find. But it is available on Amazon Prime if you wish to rent it, for example. Uh, and it is on Apple TV as well to rent as well. So there's that. Do you have is there anything else you want to say about this? No, I would I would just emphasize again, it's like if you want to watch a palatable version of Threads, this is the one. If you really want to have like visuals that will never leave your mind ever again, Threads is the one. Like mm-hmm. If you want to watch a really haunting depiction, that's the one. This one's really good for what it is. I prefer this one in many ways. It's almost sadder, this one, because you do actually grow to like these characters. They're, like, the first yeah. half is just them being very domestic and cute and sweet. Yeah. Which kind of means that when they die, it hits harder. Mm-hmm. Whereas threads, it's just it's just chaos. <laughs> you can't you can get attached to some. I guess you, you're following a girl, but it's just it's just a lot to look at. Mm. A lot of death, a lot of really horrible visuals. Whereas this one is a horrible visual also, but the fact it's a cartoon makes it that you can watch it without like wanting to like kill yourself. So <laughs> yeah, yay! I recommend it. <laughs> I mean, it's a good it's a good like I, this is a really it's a strange this is a sort of british film that i'm really proud of but you know it's like oh this is something we made you know because mm-hmm. um, it's just so interesting whereas it's not clydeism it's not it's it's something down that to could, yeah it's something that could only be made in britain yeah. like though i don't think you would get like a something comparable to this made anywhere else no just america because... just like makes everything what's the word spectacle yeah, like, yeah, it would be too over the top in America, but just in terms of, like, the twee old couple, like, I can't imagine this being done in a French setting or a German setting or no. anywhere else. Like, I think it only works in, like, a in UK Sussex. countryside. Yeah, basically, an English countryside setting. So, yeah, go watch it. Go give it a go. It's only, like, what, what 80, 80 minutes long, something like that. So Yeah, not long at all. Yeah, it's worth, worth a watch. So next week, then, we are looking at Don't Look Up. Um, If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, please give us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever else you listen. Like, the ratings really, really help us, and we appreciate 
the support so please do that go subscribe to us on youtube find us at one of us's boards we have a number of shorts a new recent one just gone up uh, and our uh, youtube exclusive variants of our review for the outfit is doing very well in terms of numbers as well so thank you to everyone that's listened to or likes that go subscribe to the channel we would appreciate you love you a long time um what's the other thing instagram uh go follow us on instagram at one of us is bored it's there where you get to see some little heads up for some of the things that are coming along some of the things that we're doing during our week and some promotions for our new episodes and stuff and it's probably if you're not subscribed by following us on spotify or apple or wherever you get your podcast it's probably the best place to just keep up join us next week then for don't look up we'll see you then